What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Bear With Us podcast. As always, I am Frank. Today, I am joined with Nas, which is the norm, at least for now. Nas, how are we feeling, man? Uh, I'm just getting over the flu, so I'm feeling... I'm not a hundy, but uh, love to talk some bears anyways. Let's do it. I feel you. Yeah, is it was it is it confirmed, the flu? Like, did you take the little test? Uh, mine's not confirmed, but my wife tested for the flu, mm. and now I'm sick, so I'm assuming... It- that, yeah that's what i had can i can i just say though I, I know the pandemic was an awful awful thing so i'm not trying to like even silver line it here but the one cool thing that's come out of it is that test that shows if it's rsv or the flu or covid i thought that was pretty pretty fucking cool i haven't taken them but i know they exist right 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 yeah that is cool yeah so that has been that has been nice yeah i, I am i don't know if it's still translating over i'm pretty stuffy my allergies have been beating the life out of me these last like three days i had it yesterday <laughs> i usually i never get usually get this but I've had like, my, it, you know how your ears pop when you're on a plane? I felt like that all yesterday and like half of Sunday. But, it, and it's like, they're also like highly sensitive. So when my kids screamed, it's like, it was like a sharp, I mean, it was the Oof. worst, just like ringing in there. It was bad, but your boy's feeling better today. So I'm excited for this episode. Y'all, this is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode today, but I think there's a decent amount to talk about um, with the combine being in full force. Um, you know, in the media being all over the Bears, there were plenty of interviews and comments and such uh, from Ryan Poles, from Matt Eberflew. So we're here to react to some of those. Um, I think we'll start quarterback heavy and end with a couple of things that they touched on that were not quarterback. Um, Nas, I know you didn't really get a chance to see much. And, and to be fair, I didn't watch full interviews. It was a bunch of clips that just kept popping up. So I was sort of like notating as I was watching them all for the episode. <laughs> um, so... I think first things first is Poles still out of his mouth. He didn't allude to it. He didn't like play around with words. He did say that a trade down isn't completely off of the table. Um, but his words were that they have to check all of the boxes. Um, and he sort of went down this whole checklist of like what I'm seeing from quarterbacks. It has to sort of compensate for how I feel if if I do go that route. He's he, He's weaseled his way out of like if we do this and if we do that, this is what that scenario would look like. Um, he told that to Sylvie on the Waddle and Sylvie show um, just this morning. Nas, how how much of that do you think he, he's 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 BSing us? All of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to act like a decision hasn't been made, um, and he's trying to create that illusion uh, for as long as he can, and. I think uh, he's done a really good job of it, to be honest, considering how much of a slam dunk dunk pick we all think this is. So, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, we, we know what's going to happen here. Yeah. Uh, and I, I will say, leverage. no, to, to, I totally agree. I will say too, the one thing that he's doing a masterclass of to more of your point is I do think you keep that on the table because the interview that they're going to have with Caleb Williams, the first official one, I'm sure there's been some back channel with the dad and other people. And I know they've done their huge due diligence with former coaches. And you know how they, we've heard crazy stories in the past. Like they've gone to like grammar school teachers, and like high school. Co- I mean, some people will, which probably rightfully so turn, you know, turn over every stone. But the first official interview they can have with them is tomorrow. <clears throat> so I think you keep this avenue open because there is a scenario. I don't think this will happen. But what if Caleb just says something or things like way off the fucking wall? You're like, okay, there's no shot we draft this kid, right? So I think you have to keep this avenue open, even though that's a very slim chance. So I do think 
you know, from that standpoint, he's doing well with not totally showing his hand. Um, right. All right. A couple of other things here. The, you know what? I, I want to dive into this because I wanted to last week and then it blanked my mind. Because to me, this was always a non-story. But someone did ask him, do you have any concerns with some of the reports that came out that Caleb may not want to play in Chicago? And he, like, not only did he just shoot it down, he emphatically shot it down and said, like, no, we've, like, had these talks and we, we're not scared of that at all. Nas, are, were you, I, this is something we've never discussed, I don't think, but, like, or maybe we have through, through text. But was that as big of a non-story to you as it was to me? Like, it didn't even feel worth my time, to be honest. It, it it's actually kind of hilarious that people are like trying to give us like the Milwaukee Cleveland treatment. It's yeah. like we're we're fucking Chicago. What we're starving for a, a player like this. We're the third biggest market in the country. He, this would be the most beloved player in Chicago sport if he was successful. This would be a no brainer city to want to come to. I uh, I honestly. I don't even think I actually discussed it with anyone because I thought it was that much of a non-story. I don't think I even acknowledged it. Like, yeah, it was, I never even, I never took the time to think about it more than five seconds if I saw a clip. Yeah, same. And I know the initial reports, I, and, and who knows what's misinformation and what isn't at this point. Other teams are trying to get all these players to drop. I mean, look at all the slander that Marvin Harrison Jr. is getting for not having an agent. And there was one other thing that they're like, and it's other people in the comments like, Oh, the Giants are loving this. Like, let them slide, baby. Like, and it's, you know, people are having fun banter with it, but I'm right there with you. And the other thing is, like, I, I would understand people wanting to avoid a New York market. Their, their media is crazy. Not, you know, I don't think you should avoid any market as a pro athlete, but if there was one to avoid, I can see that being, you know, whatever. The Chicago market, while it can be annoying to those who are plugged in, it's never been like that, or even like Philly's market gets really fucking crazy. Like, think about, and again, I, I don't want this to come across as bashing fields, but we know some of his stats aren't exactly pretty. And the media still is treating him like a darling. And again, I think to a large degree, like rightfully so, he's made Bears football fun again for the last few years. But like, they're not nearly as harsh, especially for as big of a market as it is, as some of these other ones. There are smaller markets that are much, much harsher than the Bears media market is, I think. <clears throat> I think we're harder on the coaches than we are the players a lot of times. I agree. To be honest in this city. Like, how many times did we see John Fox, Matt Nagy, and even Flusen sometimes get flustered by the by the critiquing and the hard-pressed questions by the media? The players rarely have to deal with that nearly as much as some of the coaches. Or even, like, you could even go to the Bulls, like Vinny Del Degro, getting in, like, actual arguments in interviews <laughs> with people. So it's like... <laughs> I, I actually think we, we we push harder on the coaches than we do the players in the city. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And to your biggest point, if I am Ryan Poles, and if anyone, well, first of all, if you don't want to be here, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't try to convince you to be here. That's ridiculous. But just to just playing it in the scenario is the the sell to it is look. I mean, the Kyle Schwarber, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, all those dudes, Wilson Contreras. They're, Jake Arrieta, they're never going to have to buy another fucking beer in this town again. You become immortalized in the city of Chicago if you win Not a Super doubt. Bowl as a quarterback being the best player on the team. Like Again, just like you said, we're thriving. We're starving for this guy who can lift all boats, who can be an, a, a legitimate, no doubt about it, superstar. Um, so if, if you're not built, and again, this isn't towards Caleb, just generally, because this is why I think it's so silly, because you, if you're going to be a number one pick, you're built this way. There's not very many number one picks who are, are, are you know, 
uh, soft in that aspect. And, and I think he knows that. I think he knows that this is my chance. This is my, my time. Not only does every little boy that plays football dreams of being the number one pick, but to be going to a town that's like starving for you to be the, the dude, you know? And, and and again, it's like, it's not like, um, it, it, yeah, I, I just, that whole thing was weird. What, what you said, like, we're not Milwaukee. We're not these, this small little town. We're not, you know, uh, who, who who was it that wanted out of Jian Liang from from China? Remember when he, he was, yeah, he was yeah, like, "No, yeah. I don't want to be here." It's like I want to go somewhere big like New York, and it's like we're not that. People like the, there's been weird downplay of how big Chicago. We're the third biggest market in America. Like it just let's let's cut it out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I always thought that was extremely silly. Um. Okay. There are some some other things that polls spoke to the culture that he's built, him and Eberflus have built in Chicago. And what one, I, I thought this was a phenomenal quote by him as well. Again, not not uh, verbatim, but he said that guys like DJ Moore having Fields' back speaks to the nth degree about the culture that they've built because they're supposed to feel that way. They, they've worked together, they've bled together, they've sweat together. They're absolutely supposed to feel that way. Um, he did let it say he can't let that cloud his judgment. He has to do what's best for the Chicago Bears. But and then he also said like it's not the player's job to be focused on the future. They're 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 in it with the guys in the trenches right now. So they're tunnel vision. They're still seeing the ways that they can improve or have improved, and they want to keep you know knocking at that door. Um, but then he also sort of finished that off with saying like he does empathize with Fields because he is living in that gray zone that Fields talked about on the Amon Ra St. Brown podcast. Um, and he said that <clears throat> you know he's doing his best to communicate with Justin and to make sure he's in the know. Um, and then ultimately, this is the last part of it is that, um, and it's something that we alluded to as well, that he wants to make sure he's setting up Justin to be in a good scenario the next go-round. Again, the weasel out, if that's the route that we decide to go. Does any of that surprise you, or you know, what, what are your general thoughts on it? None of it really surprises me. I, I think Poles is probably top five at his job in the league. You know, like... The guy is on a on a run on a thirteen month run here, where he is he's dealing in the interviews and then he's real time dealing in trades and acquisitions. The guy's on fire, and I love how polished he is, and how polished he he has become in in an interview setting. The guy, I was just listening to a. Uh, podcast about rap, the movie rounders have you ever seen that movie about poker no they say it sounds familiar no but it's a poker movie yeah and what and one of the quotes is like always leave yourself outs and ryan poles follows that to the nth degree and i love it it's like he totally gets his job he definitely knows what he can and can't say he never says anything by accident um and i, I, I like we got this was a great hire. Um, you can say what you want about the Bears organization, but they nailed this hire in Ryan Poles. I I totally agree. And again, this to me means just as much as everything else in this process because you look at the way that not only the Bears players look at Justin and talk about Justin, we've seen other players, I mean, especially that run that the Bears went on, not this past season, but the season before that, when Mike McDaniels was praising Justin Fields, when a bunch of defensive players were like, look, we have a lot to worry about when he's on the field. They're, they're obviously rebuilding, but that guy has an X factor to him. 
defensive coordinators were coming out and talking about how hard it was and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we know the stories. Like the the general sense around Justin Fields, whether or not people think he's a franchise player, is that he's a baller. Like I think there's a difference, but there can be a difference between the two. And he's highly respected for his work ethic. So this to me goes just as long away as 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 um Ryan Poles getting the choice right between Caleb and and Justin. Because again, that sort of cachet, now you get other guys around the league like and we talked about this last week or maybe the week before, like if I do sign here or if I get traded here and it doesn't work out, I know Ryan, like this culture they built is legitimate. This is a, a legitimate workplace to be in and that's a good thing. A um, couple of other things though, Nas, that makes me think the trade's happening like next week, um, if not sooner than that, because it's an opportunity where all the GMs and ownership groups are together and in the same rooms. Um, he did say again, if... This is the route that they go in trading Justin. He, one, wants, he, he wants the answer to be quote-unquote tomorrow. And he didn't mean literally tomorrow. He was like, I just mean like, I, I know I'd rather it be soon because I want, I, I want to make a move as quickly as possible. Verbatim his words. And then what he said was it would make the most sense to trade Fields pre-free agency. One, because that'll allow him to get more acclimated sooner. It would allow his next team to be able to continue to build around him or do whatever they need to do and not have to wait through free agency. But then three, he's going to get the most from the trade. So it sort of works for all parties. Um, do we want to put like an over under on what day do you want to have a little internal bet? And we have to discuss our bet for the compensation. Um, when's the moratorium to talk to free agents like March 2nd or 3rd? March. It's for the first of the second. Yeah. Um, yeah, when is that? Uh, yeah, it's so I would say, I would say before the weekend would be my guess. Oh, you think there'll be an agreement in place? I think so. I think, I think by like midnight Friday night, we're gonna oh, get a little Friday shit. news drop. Yeah, that's the best time to do it, too. I almost, okay, Okay, the 2024 league year and free agency signing period begin at 4 p.m., which means the the moratorium starts two days before that. Okay, which is the 11th. So okay, so no, it won't be this week. It will. It will be the start uh, of from a. It'll be like two weeks from today. Two weeks. Yeah, that's that's what I'm reading right now. Okay, let me look at let me look at a calendar here. I, it, it wouldn't be, it couldn't be the 8th just before then, if it's the 11th, would you say 11th? Mar- yeah, March 13th. Oh, 13th. The 2024 also, I, league year and free agent si- signing period begin at 4 p.m., but I know negotiations start before that. But can trade negotiate, that, 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 right, the free agent stuff can, I wonder, can you have an unofficial trade, and then it doesn't go official well, until the new league year, I feel like that's happened before, I just can't remember quite I don't I, mean, think I, I feel tra- like the Bears traded trades can the happen pick. until the league year uh I don't think the trades unless because this was around the time that they traded the number one pick last year it was it was before well right. before free agency and DJ Moore was a part of that trade but they couldn't officially announce it until the league year was underway right, right. so they might come to an agreement and that might get put out okay yeah then I would say if they can come to a, an agreement before the league year technically happens uh, then I would say that we find out this before. I would say I'll I'll still say I'll say Friday night. Shit, I'm gonna go. I'll I'll go I'll go Monday then. All right. 
I'll go Monday at like noon. We'll see. We'll see how wrong we are. Um, all right, Nas. Let's talk compensation. Where do you think, and we have to make a bet on this, what, what, what do you think the Bears are getting in this deal? Okay. So a couple things that I peeked at before I decided that my take is it's going to be a third rounder or worse. Or worse? Based on, based on who the suitors are, which I th- which I think is two teams in the NFC South and Pittsburgh. Those are the only teams I can see willing to uh, give draft equity for Justin. One of them being the Steelers, and then two of them being Atlanta or New Orleans. New Orleans in a cap, is in a cap situation. Atlanta oddly didn't go after Lamar last year. I thought that was the weirdest thing I had ever seen. Just put and putting it like not even not only not signing him, putting out a statement that they're not even going to negotiate with him for a contract, yeah. which I thought was fucking ludicrous. You got that version of Lamar with that Atlanta team this year. They're going to the playoffs without a doubt. Um, so I'm not sure where the front office's heads at. I just don't think three teams is enough of a market to get a second round pick for an unproven guy. Um, I think the best comp of a first rounder that didn't work out would be Tannehill and Tannehill left for a fourth rounder. I think since it's a little bit earlier in Justin's tenure, I think third round, maybe like a third and a sixth but I don't think a second rounder is going to be attached to the, to the dream. So the two, what do you think? The two that I, and I I don't vehemently disagree with you because I'm still like, it wouldn't shock me if we got like two twos. It also wouldn't shock me if we got like a fifth or I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the floor on this is, has a potential to be low um, because he's going into year four of his contract. Um, but I'm thinking of the Carson Wentz deal, which I know he was in the MVP race before he tore his knee up. Um, but I'm also thinking of the Sam Darnold trade, which was like a, a two, four and a six. And I don't know if you can compare what Fields had done to what, uh, Wentz had did prior to that. I, I don't think he's ever hit that height, at least consistently. Um, but he had a better tenure with the bears than, Darnold did, I think, with the Jets. Like, stats be damned. Just the eye test. Like, Darnold just, you just knew he really won the dude after year two, I would say. Like, Fields, you may have had the inkling, but you were willing to go into year three to at least give it a go. I don't think Carolina, uh, I, I think the, I think that might have been your perception, but I don't think the perception around the league of Darnold was that he was done. And in fact, I actually am not even sure if that's the perception of him right now. Oh, shit. I was listening Maybe. on pod, dude. I was listening on pods about when he had to fill in for Purdy that one half. Oh yeah, and how yeah. good he looked. And I'm just like, like Darnold. I think people kind of forget talent wise, he's up there still. The dude's got a rocket. He's a good athlete. He had a really strong start to that Carolina season before he got hurt. Um, and uh, I, I, I think that trade is actually kind of what's hurting Justin now because it, it still was too much. And 
I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just the harshest critic of Justin or something, but like he hasn't done anything to warrant real draft equity. He has gotten better as a passer, has ne- has had how many elite passing games, though? Even though he's gotten better, how many elite passing games has he had? Not many. How many comeback drives has he had? Not many. Turnover rate, not elite. Sack rate, not elite. Like, it's just, it, it's such an unknown. And second round contracts are the best contracts in the league. They're the best. They have the, they have like the, the highest value for any team because of the non fifth year option that's on it. So I just don't. And the fact that usually second rounders, about half of them end up be, uh, they end up being starters. So you could get a potential starter with no fifth year option on a lower scale deal. It's just like there's such value there, and maybe I'm thinking of it too much of a per, from a too much of a perspective of what I would do if I was the team trying to acquire Justin. I wouldn't give a second round pick for a guy I just don't know enough about. So uh, who's going into his fourth year? So I don't know if, if we get a second rounder, I will be pleasantly surprised. I would be thrilled, and. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's I think it's I think it's going to be a third at best. The the only thing that I makes me think we we absolutely could get a second and maybe even like a second and a third is the Trey Lance trade. A fourth for a guy who's thrown like five passes since high school. And, and cuz to me I I still think people look at talent and what they thought of people coming out of college, especially when they're still on their first contract. Again, I could be wrong, and I don't vehemently disagree with you. Um, I think that last year would have been a, probably a better market to get more for Justin than this year. Not even performance-based, just like the quarterback need um, of everything, because depending on where you're at, you may even look at someone like Russell Wilson as more of a stopgap guy, or you know, what, you know what I mean? Like Tannehill still may be out there. Like There's just, um, I don't want to say better options, but just options that, may make a little more sense for you. There isn't that team uh, that is maybe a little bit young or, or in a rebuild that's like, hey, let's just kick the tires and if we can get it to work with this guy, we could, we could be the Bears of next year and have a high pick and not even have to waste it on a, on a quarterback. So we'll see. Definitely it'll be interesting. Um, but you're going third round or later. I'll go second round because I, I still can't shake this feeling that they may use him to move up in the first. I have. I just have this wow. this thing. I have this. I think New England may like him. I think because I I don't think New England is totally in on a rebuild just yet. I think that it's more of a retool, and I think maybe you use nine and Justin to get up to three, and maybe get wow. maybe get Marvin. I don't know. I just have I have this feeling. I just um, <laughs> um, okay. So you think New England's a suitor? Is there anybody else that you had in mind? I, the other three that you named as well. It also wouldn't shock me because I I'm I don't exactly know what Seattle's doing as well. They don't seem I don't think they're gonna Seattle I could see because Geno's gonna be gone. And then the dark horse for me is Tennessee. I know they have Will Levis, but I don't know. I something I think they think Will Levis is a dude. They they, they could. Which he might be. I mean, <clears throat> like he did show flashes last year. It's that's like the weirdest thing. Sometimes like when you haven't seen enough of a guy, it almost like helps the value because it's like the, like the unknown. Yeah. Which is why like, (laughs) like you, like Trey had barely played and they got a fourth rounder for him. But like part of that was like the only people who had seen him were the fucking Niners. Yep. So it's just, yeah, it's, 
so weird how it, how it plays out sometimes. And then also, is there another QB besides Justin that's like on the trade market right now? That a trade people- market? I know Russ is going to get cut at some point in March. That's been the the because the dead money and everything and um the way the contract's set up. Is Tannehill technically still rostered or is he a free agent? He's going to be a free agent. He's going to be a free agent as well. That's a good... Justin may be the only one that's like starter-worthy available via trade right. right now. Honestly, if the Giants were so, weren't so fucking dumb, this would be a great <laughs> opportunity for them. The Gi- they had yeah. played... If they just franchise Daniel Jones and then he would be an off-the-books this year, Yep. this Imagine Justin Fields with Dayball running that same offense. That would be really cool to see. It would actually be a great match, I think. I mean, look at what Daniel did with his legs in that system. That's what I'm saying. And he was like uh, efficient. He he got the turnovers down. They put him in good situations. For some reason, they isn't it crazy that their own coaching fooled them? And they're yeah. like, oh, we can actually get more out of this guy. It's like, no, you actually just brought the best out of him. Yeah, that was that was the oh. best you're going to get. <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. That is that is extremely funny. Um, Last thing, quarterback related. The, my only, well, let me tell you what was said, and I'll tell you what my problem with it was. So Eberflus said that the biggest part of the evaluation and decision-making is closing games um, and what a quarterback is able to do in the fourth quarter, which that to me was a smoking gun of like, they're, they've talked about this. Justin's a goner, but that's, that's interesting. Cause that's how I grade my coaches. Not, that, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly my point. I was like, dude, if Ryan Pohl said this by all means, I'm like, Oh yeah, fuck. Yeah. You're right. You should evaluate the fourth quarter heavier than everything, anything, because that's when a defense is going to lock it in. That's we're going to take away your best weapon. You know what I mean? And like, now as a quarterback, you got to look to option three, four, whatever. But like flu saying that I was like, dude, you're the reason they lost three games last year, and we could have been in the playoffs. Like, now, granted, we probably still have be having these same conversations. But as a fan of the team, I'm like, that's not the guy I want to hear from right now about fourth quarter performances because he's he's been dreadful in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm, it's so funny that you brought up the point first, but yeah, that was my only issue with it. But it was sort of the smoking gun to me. There, there were little. What, what do they call those moments when you accidentally say what you weren't supposed to say? The right. fr- frugulent, fr- frugal, whatever. I forget how to what, what, what the word. You know what I'm saying, though, right? It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. they had a few of those, and that was one of them. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, the, I think the audacity to say something like that was pretty, pretty outrageous, dude. You lost three games that you had a 95 percent chance or more to win <laughs> with literally anybody at quarterback, and you fucking. Oh <laughs> but you know what I did? Oddly, you know what I saw was the uh, the buzz created by Flus's haircut. Yeah, it, well, in his beard, he's got a beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, all right, a little swaggy, a little swaggy foos. All right. I yeah. See you. Playoffs confirmed, absolutely. That that That's a whole different man right there. No, yeah, I think the saying is, look good, coach good, right? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Um, All right, two last things before we get out of here, Nas. Non-quarterback related. Um, It is, I, I mean, Ryan Poles is very confident they're getting a deal done with Jalen Johnson. Like, ridiculously confident he's he's he listened he said he listened to our podcast and he heard that it would have been a failure no matter what they did at quarterback if they did not secure Jalen Johnson they're getting that done um the only question that I had is 
I want. Do we just not use the franchise tag at all then this year? They locked up Sweat like a few days after that trade. That would have been an option. If they sign Jalen long term, I don't even think anyone else is eligible, right, for the franchise tag, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, I can't think of anyone that's else that's like in a tough negotiation in a contract year. No, yeah. Yeah, I don't I, think that's the thing. <laughs> is there an incentive to not? I wonder if we can get something of value. Like, you know, you get comp picks for certain things. Like, well, if you don't use one, like, I feel like the NFLPA, should, there should be a reward for that. Like, hey, you signed, yeah, you actually signed a, your guys. Yeah, we should get, like, a compensatory pick. Yeah, give us, like, a fifth. <laughs> That'd be great. No, yeah, but that, that, that was that was really good news, that it sounds like both sides are, are it's starting Love to heat that. up. Yeah. So I, I am curious, though, because what I wanted to say last week when you brought up, like, you, you said something along the lines of, like, I don't want it to be, like, record-breaking. But what they're going to do, and this is what every agent does, for selfish reasons and to appease the ego of the player, the headline is going to read highest paid corner in the league. But it's going to be one of those contracts that it's like for one year and it's moved money this way and it helps the cap. It's like it's going to be a very, I think, creative contract to say highest paid right now. Once Sauce gets paid, once these others get paid, it's going to blow it out of the water probably. But it's going to be one of those, I think. I'm sure the salary cap bumping uh, like an unexpected amount probably even helps negotiations even even more. Uh, like oh yeah, I think it gave, I think it gave them like an extra twelve million to play with. So give it all to uh, Jalen. Fuck it, dude. I, <laughs> I am so excited for this off season. Oh my god, I am this too. It's gonna be, yeah. I am very excited. Speaking I, of <laughs> la- yeah, last sorry, thing, and, and I'm sure there were more, but I was sort of piecing together clips. Some some short, some longer. Um, Matt Eberflus did say he was adamant that they needed another pass rusher, and one of my biggest points going into this off season was. While I love Ryan Poles' philosophy of not just overpaying to overpay to get talent, this to me is an area in which I would be okay with an overpay. I think we're in the space right now for an overpay with resetting the rookie contract with potentially a better quarterback in year one with already locking up sweat and having that guy. If one, if, if Jared Allen, Jared Allen, if, if um, Josh Allen makes it, if Daniel Hunter makes it if um chris jones if makes it one of these guys makes it you overpay a little to bring the talent here I, I i stand with that when it comes to a pass rusher what are your thoughts i don't mind if we overpay in the short term for sure yeah like let's give a dude some guaranteed money but let's keep the extension low in years man like let's let's keep the flexibility because even though i don't like I like to be in a space like I like what you said like you think we're in a space where we can overpay a little bit. I really only like to be to overpay for those last ditch for those last uh, additive guys if I feel like it's really going to catapult us from like one tier to the next tier. Um I I I think we could become a, like a powerhouse team in a, in a year or two. I still don't, I don't think this is the year mm. where you splurge, you know, I yep. still, and, and polls, I think he's always said he's a, he's a second, third wave guy. Yeah, he had, but he said that in the same off season where he tried to sign that defensive tackle from the Bengals for, to a pretty, pretty big contract. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. I can't totally believe everything that guy says, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, would I be mad at a Josh Allen, Daniel Hunter signing? No. If we sign Josh Allen to like a four-year deal, I don't think I'd care as much. I think Daniil Hunter 
I would like to keep that limited. I don't mind paying them a lot up front. Agreed. Uh, but I would like to keep it low in years, keep that flexibility moving forward for sure. Yeah, and th this is the only portion of Poles' tenure that's been disappointing. And again, it's really not his fault. You're, you're, you're throwing, you know, you're just sort of taking a lottery ticket at that point. But none of the one-year deals have really made it. Like, you think like the Akeem Hicks with Pace where it was like one-year dude and like he fucking exploded. Like, all right, this is our guy. Yeah. Billing sort of worked. He got an extension. But like, that's what makes... Uh, uh, Al Qadim Muhammad, that signing, like fuck, you couldn't have gave us a little production, so we're not in this position to potentially have to overpay. Even um, uh, Yannick and Gakwe, like what happened to you being a ten sack guy every single fucking year? You just forgot how to sack the quarterback. Like, give us one of these dudes guy. to hit. I know it's like give us one of these the, uh, uh, like renegade type of signings to hit, and then give them a two year deal. So what you said, maybe uh, in a year or two when they are like for sure ready. Um, then you you really overpay whether that mean, whether that means draft capital and a big contract like uh, with Khalil Mack or elsewhere. But this may be the only offseason to do it. I I haven't looked right. into next year's, but this is a pretty loaded has the potential to be a pretty loaded pass rush offseason. Yeah. And you may have right. to you are right in that correct in that you know? area. Like it is a loaded D line list. Yeah. So maybe and like and I'm I'm you know signing Jalen and having Kyler and having Kwani. And like uh, some of these young dudes, I actually still think the secondary is lacking a little depth. Like Ooh. I'm still a little nervous about them. Yeah. So if that means we got to beef up the D line to help that out, like I get that, I get that mental process. So I wouldn't knock it. No, same. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very excited, just like you are, for the off season. Uh, and it's it, it's upon us. I think more and more reports will come out. Um, from this combine, from these meetings, from these interviews and such, I, I think tomorrow we're going to get a lot of little tidbits. Just like you said, polls doesn't, things don't hit the media on accident with this guy. He's, he's keeps a tight ship. He's, he's getting things out there. He's probably got some guys in his back pocket reporter wise. Um, the, I think next week's episode will be some takeaways, some free agent, uh, predictions or wants or, or, or whatever, maybe even like a quarterback carousel. If, if we haven't gotten to the point where we know quarterbacks are going to be, um, I think the only thing that can come between them is if there is a Justin Fields trade, we'll try to coordinate as best as we can to do an emergency quick 10, 15 minute reaction podcast. I may shed some tears, even though I know it's coming. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in full force here. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I, I, I oh, you know, shit, Nas, what I wanted to ask you was, and this will be the last thing before we get off the, with him saying it makes the most sense to trade Justin Fields pre free agency. If he does not get traded pre free agency. Do you think that would be, and let's say they still have the number one pick, would that be a, a a sign to you to say maybe we're keeping Justin? No, I think I think I would be one. I don't think that's going to happen. Two, I would be really alarmed. I don't think we'd keep Justin. I just think like it would be proof that the leverage is really not mm. there, and the asking price is too steep, and we might have to dump him for like a fifth or sixth. Yeah, I, I to be honest with you, if they don't get their... Because I, I thought something similar. I went a little bit different of a route with it. I think if they don't get what they want, which will be a second, a third in that range or, or a couple of picks, um, I think they may hold on to them until draft night and, and try to package them and to move up or in, in some sort of... Uh, I mean, hell, who knows who's going to be disgruntled by then? You know what I mean? And you, you say, I have like a third in Justin Fields for your star receiver that it wants out, Minnesota. Maybe Justin right. Jefferson would like to come down. 
Um, you need a quarterback. Kirk isn't going back. You know what I mean? You just the quick little conversations that you have is Ryan Pohl. So I don't know. He, he has, I, I still think he has a decent amount of leverage right now. And I think teams also know that. And that's why I think all parties involved would want to get it done sooner rather than later. Because again, we have no, there's two months until the draft. So people get disgruntled, contract talks go sideways, people want out all of a sudden, maybe this quarterback, I mean, we saw it with Jay Cutler years ago, we've seen it with other players, quarterbacks, shit happens. And the quicker you can determine your future and get things settled, maybe you just say, hey, maybe we don't think Justin's necessarily worth a second, but just fucking take it and let's let's just get this ball rolling. Two months, man. I, for some reason, my brain is like thinking it's in two weeks. But I know not. it feels it's, that way. Well, it's because I hope it goes by quick. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I did think it was pretty cool for polls to say like, "Hey, I empathize with them," because th- this conversation didn't start when the off season started. This conversation started in like week six when we all realized that the Panthers were historically bad. Like they were just fucking awful. We're like we're getting the number one pick here. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was uh that was cool for polls to acknowledge that. All right, Nas. Anything uh you want to touch on before we get out? <laughs> uh, fuck the Bulls. <laughs> I mean. God damn it. I'm just sick of this shit. I truly am. And I know we're on a Bears pod, everybody, but just basketball is my first love. All right. And we lead the goddamn league in in attendance. It's so gross. I hate that. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it's like, yeah, I understand. We have the largest like basketball stadium in the league. But the fact that the seats are filled is a problem. I know. It's it's just I just don't get it. And it's it's just like the worst. It's the worst run franchise in in, in the city. It's you could argue it's the worst run franchise in the NBA, given its market value, mm-hmm. given the history attached to the franchise. There's still like people have been telling me like Mike, it, Mike is Mike hasn't been like showing as much love to the Bulls lately. And it's like, yeah, he fucking shouldn't because he's no longer associated with the NBA because he doesn't own a team anymore. And he is not part of the ownership group with the Bulls. So why does he need to show love? He's done enough for the franchise. He's yeah. the reason they're still leading the league in sales. Bulls oh, paraphernalia is top five in sales every year. And it's still because of him. Mm-hmm. It's fucking absurd. He also knows and, the inner workings of it. It's the same owner as Jerry Reinsdorf. Like yeah, he, he... I mean, And Michael's loyal. So he's never going to say anything bad about Jerry. Right. You know, like he would never do that. <laughs> It's just it, it, it's time to boy it's time to boycott this team. That's yeah, a joke. I, I mean I, I I just can't believe it. I mean after this next game I go to in two weeks I'm never going again. <laughs> Are you going with Eugene? I am. Yeah, he he, he offered one. And I was like, dude, I'm not I'm not going to a Bulls game. We have to figure out something else to do. That's so funny. Um, yeah, they're awful. We still owe. We owe people the Bulls TikTok. That's coming. Just schedules have been a little nuts. We're, we're, we'll get some short form, short form content in. Um, but yeah, I'm in agreement. Fuck the Bulls. I think my, the only pushback potential I would have is that maybe the White Sox are worse from, but it's the same fucking owner. So who cares? They don't have a single hundred million dollar contract, dude, in baseball. That is absurd. Never in their history do they have a hundred million dollar contract. They went to Springfield to ask for money. <laughs> it's insane. That's like, fuck right off. Yeah absolutely absurd i hate the socks and i feel bad for socks fans i i i kind of do but i also just i mean not really but like you yeah like yeah yeah. i've met one too many racist white Sox fans 
Yeah, I, I don't really feel bad for them. I, like, but I get what you're saying, though. I do. Hypothetically, but yeah, it, because yeah. of the situation, yeah. Like, no, if they I weren't agree. pieces of shit, I'd feel bad for them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, because it's just, they're probably Bulls fans, too, so we have we have some alignment there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> God. Well, all right, Nas. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. Everyone, thanks for listening. Again, like, share, subscribe. Uh, we're in for a long, fun off-season, man. Uh, I'm very excited about it. We're going to be here with you all every step of the way. Um, hopefully we get a little, little breaking news and, and, and do a little emergency pod for a Justin Fields trade, potential trade. That'd be fun. Um, oh, yeah. Cause it, it's, I, I feel like I'm going to have my thoughts and want to like level set. Um, and then the one, you know, the one thing that we haven't discussed that I really want to get into once the pick is official is just like expect This is the most unique expectations that I've had. I think for a rookie quarterback, um, in Caleb Williams, if he goes, if the bears is where he goes, because yeah, we'll get into it, but I, I, that's going to be a full episode, I think. Just like what to expect. What are our expectations? I can't wait. I'm I know. So excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, y'all. Later, Nas. Later, everybody. Later.